You're listening to the serial podcast production of Hidden Things, written and read by Doyce Testament. This is episode 21, brought to you by Kickstarter backer Clifford Holbrook. Stage 4 Chapter 14 Josh? Yeah? What are we going to do? The younger boy turns and looks up at the older boy sitting beside him on the fence. Josh scowls. I don't know. But I don't know, Mikey. Geez. Joshua boosts himself off the fence and turns to walk along it. The younger boy hurries to catch up. Are they going to split this up? Joshua makes a face. What? No. He tries, putting a hand on the boy's shoulder, but he's awkward and unfamiliar with providing comfort and turns the gesture into a shove instead. They'll send us to live with Aunt Patricia or something. That's all. Mikey scowls at the shove, but falls into step without retaliating. She's old. Joshua looks sideways at the younger boy. We'll be okay. Sure. We will, Joshua repeats, trying to make it sound sure. They aren't going to split us up, okay? It'll be okay, and if it isn't, I'll make it okay. I promise. Mikey sighs. Okay. Josh looks at his little brother as they walk, then punches the boy on the shoulder. I promise. Ow! Mikey glares up at Joshua. What you hit me for? The older boy grins. So you'd remember. He raises his fist again. Don't! You gonna remember? Yes, jeez! Remember what? You'll make it okay. The younger boy's voice is low. You promise. I promise. Josh loops his arm around his brother's head, giving him a quick noogie, but he leaves his arm around Mikey's shoulders. His eyes shift, belying his words, but his voice is steady, reassuring. I promise. Vicus woke up on the floor 17 hours later. Unable to move at first, his arms and legs felt so heavy. He concentrated on getting his surroundings to come into focus, blinking repeatedly. Hi. Calliope's voice came from somewhere toward his feet and to the right. He managed to lift his head for a moment, squinting. She was all right. Good. He let his head fall back, not caring if it hit the floor and surprised when it didn't. Looks like I got a pillow, he commented. Calliope pushed herself out of the chair near the curtained window. Least I could do, since there was no way I was getting your ass onto the bed. Vicus chuckled. <laughs> no doubt, but how did... He frowned. Then his face cleared. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Calliope moved to stand next to him and looked down. That was... really stupid, by the way. Vicus grimaced, abashed. Yeah, kind of think it was. Calliope walked back to the chair. She sat down facing a small break in the curtains. What's the good news? He propped himself up on his elbows, trying to make it look like a less exhausting effort than it was. Calliope kept her eyes on the break in the curtain. We're in a motel, and I paid for the room. Vicus's eyes narrowed at her expression, which was the kind of calm she tried to project when she was especially upset and didn't want anyone to know. 
What's the bad news? He said. Calliope's eyes never strayed from the window. I think I know where we are. After a brief silence, Vicus said, If you say somewhere back in California, I swear I'm going to start crying right here on the floor. Calliope's smile was faint. We're not back in California. Nothing that interesting. She turned away from the window. It's Portsmouth. Vicus's eyes furrowed in disbelief. I don't think we're on the East Coast either. Calliope shook her head. Portsmouth, Iowa, a few miles north of Persia and a few miles south of Panama. She tugged at the curtains, leaving them parted only an inch. Lots of places with names from somewhere else, filled with lots of people who wish they were. Sounds like it's awfully familiar. I spent some time here on the way out to California the first time. Calliope's eyes wandered around the room. This is where I decided to keep going. To really leave. She slouched, leaning back in her chair, looking at nothing with the tip of her pinky caught between her teeth. Vicus took his time choosing his words, sensing the tension clinging to her. Doesn't sound like that bad a place, then. Calliope's jaw clenched. I also decided I'd never be caught dead, sitting in a motel room like this one again, trying to figure out what was going on in my life. She shook her head. And here I am, ten years later, and I'm right back where I started. Vicus sat up, moving with a certain care. It's not the same thing. Doesn't feel that different. Her face twisted. Except for that teleporting across two states and sharing a room with a demon clown. Vicus smirked. So, what's the same? The feel. Calliope huddled closer into her coat. The people I see outside. Vicus frowned. You recognize someone? I recognize their expressions. Calliope looked over at Vicus, her eyes narrowing. She sat up in her chair and leaned forward toward him, her arms still tight around her. You know how they say that Owners start to look like their pets if they live around them long enough? Sure. Calliope's eyes locked on Vicus as though she were imparting a great secret. These people raise cattle. They raise sheep. Those are their pets. And they have them for their whole lives. She dropped backward into the chair, but her eyes stayed on Vicus. Those are the faces I remember. Cattle and sheep. I've been watching them walk up and down the street all day. There weren't any human sheep walking around the streets where you've been living? Calliope scowled. Ficus didn't press the point. Reaching over to the foot of the bed, he turned sideways and pushed himself to his feet. Calliope was standing over him. Rough, threadbare carpet pressed into his cheek where he lay on his side, staring at the floor under the bed. What the hell just happened, she said. Her voice was hard and held more than a hint of something he'd never heard from her before. Turning his face slightly, he could see that her own face was almost as white as his. She held her right arm close to her side, tense with pain. Um, Vicus managed. His tongue felt thick in his mouth. I'd say I blacked out a little bit. Still tired, I guess. Tired, Calliope replied. Her voice had lost its unidentified quality and exchanged it for something much more readily identifiable. 
You nearly killed yourself with that trick yesterday. You stopped breathing when we got here. Ficus lay there for a moment, letting the sound of her voice sink in. Wouldn't be the first time, I guess. Calliope's face grew taut. I just got you brought back to... She frowned, shook her head as though to clear it, wincing at the pain the movement obviously caused her. Four days ago, or something, you don't get to throw yourself away for the hell of it. Wasn't? Vicus cut himself off, lowering his voice. He had no desire to start a fight, and he suspected Calliope didn't either. It wasn't a whim. He pushed himself off the carpet for a second try. Needed doing. Whatever. She sounded tired. Exhausted, actually. Her words almost slurring. It seemed unlikely she'd slept since they'd gotten here. Why was it so damn... Why was it so hard? She said. It's not, usually. He pushed himself to his knees and lay his head against the foot of the bed for a moment. If you just want to hop in the door and come out wherever, it's like going down a slide. And? Vicus pulled himself up to the edge of the bed and collapsed backward, taking long, hard breaths. You... You remember when you would try to walk up the playground slides at recess instead of going down them? Calliope's eyes widened and she turned toward him. How do you know I did that? Vicus frowned, lifting his head a bare inch to look at her. I didn't. I didn't mean you specifically, just that some kids do that and it definitely seems like you. He looked up at her again, puzzled by her expression. What? Nothing. She turned away. What about the slides? Mm, Going down is easy. He tried to slow his breathing. Going up them, or standing still in the middle of the slope, that's a lot harder than just riding them down. That's what I was trying to do, to get us somewhere close to where we were going. He closed his eyes and wiped at his face with a gloved hand. Now imagine doing that and carrying someone. Calliope's shoulders hunched unconsciously, making her wince. You didn't have to carry me. I did if I wanted you to come out at the same place. Calliope's eyes widened for a second. Oh. Vicus said nothing. The effort to get most of his body onto the bed had left him shaking and sweating. Calliope looked down at him, made an amused sound in her throat, and sat down beside him without bouncing the bed. We're a pretty sorry pair right now. And no car, he murmured, his arm across his closed eyes. And no car, yes, thank you. She stared at the blank screen of the television standing on the bureau across from the bed. Any ideas what we're going to do? Order pizza, Vicus replied, his words distorted by a yawn. Sleep, and I've got a plan. A plan? Vicus didn't look up but he could imagine her expression. You gotta remember to trust the guide, yeah. She shifted on the edge of the bed. I've heard that before, but I'd like to know what's going on for once. Vicus waved his hand through the air above him, turning his head just enough to see her. We're in the hidden lands. Close to him, anyway. Anything's possible. At his words, Calliope forced herself to turn, despite the pain in her shoulder. Her eyes were flat and hard, and she looked back and down at Vicus. I used to live in these so-called magical lands, and in case you're wondering, 
This is my skeptical face. Duly noted. Who's ordering pizza? Vike has studied Calliope's unresponsive features. Hello? I'll get it. She turned and pushed off the bed with a hiss of annoyance and pain. Watching you move right now is pathetic. You have a lovely bedside manner. It's a real gift. You should know that. She paused next to the side of the bed nearest the nightstand that held the phone. I'm just going to remind you, just once, that I was shot. Yesterday. Next time, I'm going to use my one good arm and drop a fucking lamp on your head. Fair enough. Vicus rolled himself laboriously onto his back. Silence filled up the room, broken only by the faint sounds of intermittent traffic outside. He licked his dry lips. Are you going to... Don't. Calliope picked up the phone with her left hand and tucked it against the crook of her neck as well as she could. Don't say it. She wasn't looking at him, but Vicus nodded anyway. They were already asleep when the pizza delivery driver knocked. Calliope paid with cash. They ate and were both asleep again 20 minutes later. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Hidden Things Audiobook Podcast. This DRM-free production was made possible by the Hidden Things Audiobook Kickstarter backers and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivative Works 3.0 license. As always, watch out for the hidden things.